Welcome to Didn't See It, Don't Need To, a podcast that asks the question, how much shit can you give to a movie that you've never seen? I'm going to ask my co-host, Joshua Clover, uh, what's the answer to that question? Hello, everyone. The answer to that question is, as much as possible. Didn't, 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 didn't see it. Today, we're talking about Spencer, and um, every week is special. And every week is special in a different way. And this week is somewhat special because I kind of almost actually wanted to watch Spencer. And I did it out of a sense of duty to our listeners. Uh, my reply guy, who uh, I believe goes by Anonymous Gay, my favorite reply guy, we're, we're friends now. He was like, it's actually really good. And then I, I was like, oh, maybe I'll see it. And then I just realized that that would just be irresponsible of me. Well, I just want to say a couple things, if I may. One, please. I really appreciate your sense of obligation to your listeners, your subscribers, and so on. It's honorable and noble of you, and I appreciate someone with principles, so full respect to you. Two, I'm sure your reply guy is like more thoughtful and open-minded and caring than I could ever be, and I hate to find myself on the other team, but... As our longtime listeners might know, this is one of our grounds uh, for disagreement is, is that, y- you know, um, I-, I hold you in, in, ex- in extremely high esteem, but I'm baffled by your fondness for British aristocratic culture. And uh, I'm just going to say, I feel like you've made the right choice here. All respect to your reply guy. I don't think that I really like British aristocratic aristocratic I definitely don't like the royal family but I do like watching things about the royal family and I do like England well I don't like everything about England but I wouldn't say that I'm like particularly fond of British aristocratic culture you watch that incredibly terrible awful offensive tedious boring show that was called the crown there was the crown but wasn't there also like something manor or whatever that show was called Oh yeah, I watch I watch everything about, but it doesn't. It's not like I would care if 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 like all those people no longer existed. I mean, there's a certain you can't you sort of can't hide at a certain point. I mean, you you sort of are what you eat, in a, at a certain level. I, I'm okay that you and I are occasionally on different pages. Otherwise, it wouldn't be interesting being friends with you, to be honest. And I very much enjoy being friends with you. But you know, my feeling here is. Sooner or later, when you find yourself watching Lenny Riefenstahl over and over again, you can't say I'm in it for the art. So, you know, that's my, that's, that's my stance here. I'm not going to argue with you about that. But you know what? Let's just say that I didn't, let's just give me, let's give me some credit for not seeing, for not seeing Spencer being here today. That's where I started with your high principles. Yeah, let's continue. Let's continue to give me the credit for that. Continue. <laughs> Consider it done. Um, I'm going to go first. First, because so my day started with me. I'm just going to tell our listeners. My day started with me losing a um, a document that I'd worked on a lot. Luckily, it was just busy work. I was writing footnotes, but I really I'm terrible at busy work, and it took me an entire day, and it was just gone. So I'm a little bit demoralized. That is the wa- the demoralization is the water in which I am swimming right now. Yesterday, when I was like not demoralized, when I had finished this thing, I was like, oh, maybe I'll see Spencer. Why not, in a world in which I am not demoralized, why not see Spencer? And today, comma, demoralized, comma, I, I don't want to see this. I don't know why I wanted to see this. It looks really boring. 
And other than just saying, I can't understand how, when is this going to end? Like, there's like The Crown. There's the, there's like eight movies about Queen Elizabeth. And I'm just, I'm kind of like, how many times can we retell this tale? And the thing about this movie is, they're like, it's, it's sort of not, it says like a fable about something true or whatever. It's supposed to be a, a horror movie, a, a horror-esque movie with a go- sort of gothic elements, imagining a particular Christmas week in the life of Diana at Sandringham, which is one of their estates. I can't remember where that one is. Um, anyway, so it's just like, it didn't really happen. So that's the new thing. It's like, well, we've done all the things that happened, and now we're doing the things that, did, that didn't really happen. It's like, what's next? Like, uh, Diana goes to the moon with Elon Musk or something, you know, and it, that didn't, oh, that didn't really happen. And so I just uh, didn't um, didn't see it and didn't need to. That's what I have to say about Spencer. Thank you for offering that. I, I would not say I'm demoralized. I might be, but I've had so much coffee that it's sort of papering over the, the, the demoralization. I'm going to offer a couple quick thoughts. The first, first of all, it was very easy. I've been didn't see it, don't need to. Um, the Diana story and the royal story for a long time. I didn't watch the royal wedding. I didn't watch the royal funeral. I'm, I'm not on that train. Uh, so this one was an easy call for me. I still have some questions. I'm always perplexed at the particular operation of all movies and shows like this, which is their justification is always, well, we're not just into the spectacle of uh, astonishing wealth and power and privilege. We're going to show you that this individual is actually a full individual and somehow different and and not merely an expression of wealth and privilege and power, but fully human. And I'll grant that. Like, I, I accept that humanist principle that that's true of everyone. Given that that's true of everyone, no matter how entirely that they've been... Um, constructed or suppressed or shaped by social forces that they're still individuals if we accept that's true of everyone why do we have to keep on finding out about diana spencer over like why is diana spencer the figure about whom that truism and triviality has to be expressed over and over again i'm not sure i have an easy answer to that i do think that as you know capitalism circles the drain the fascination with non-capitalist modes probably intensifies a little and that includes not just future modes like whatever like techno-feudalism or communism or whatever but also past modes like aristocracy but i do think it's unjustifiable what you're gonna be shown is a particularity and individuality and human fullness so extraordinary that it's going to overcome the fact that they're just like extraordinarily rich fucks who are ruining the world and sucking up resources from humans who need them. I don't know. It's boring to be like, nah, I don't want to watch anything about rich people. But why do I have to keep on watching the same fact about rich, powerful people over and over again? Like, we're going to humanize them and show you the complexity. Fuck complexity. Just give me a goddamn movie. Thank you, Joshua. I, I enjoyed that. And you know that the guy who made this movie, whose name I can't remember, because we are nothing at Didn't See It, Don't Need To, if not unprepared. (laughs) (laughs) Totally uninterested in who did what. I know Kristen Stewart is in this movie. I can't remember any. Oh, and Jeffrey Spall or something. Timothy Spall. Excuse me. I can't remember anyone else who's in it. Anyway, the guy who directed this movie also directed Jackie. 
I'm at the point with Kristen Stewart where I can't quite remember why I'm supposed to like her and think she's different from all the other super successful Hollywood actors, right? Because that's her pitch, right? Is, is I'm different. I'm not like all the other super wealthy, super powerful, super successful Hollywood stars. I'm somehow different and unique. And that's why everyone is sort of down with Kristen Stewart and the hip story. But I just want to note, that's the same thing they're trying to tell me about Diana Spencer, right? That, that, that this like supremely powerful, appealing, attractive, privileged person is actually special and unique. And I'm supposed to think the same thing about Kristen Stewart. And that's another reason to be sympathetic to this movie. I just can't do it. Sorry. I would like to add that several years ago, I wrote a thing about how Kristen Stewart is a terrible actress and I was called a misogynist on Twitter. So I just want to make it clear that anyone who doesn't like Kristen Stewart is a misogynist. Going on from there. It's been proven. Thanks for, thanks for letting me know. Proven on Twitter. Um, <laughs> moving on. Our first questions. So we have three preset questions and we're going to launch into those. I'm going to start by asking you uh, one of our preset questions. And that question is, why can you, Sarah Miller, live without seeing this movie? I can live without seeing this movie because I already went through the version of my life where I see this movie. And then I realized I didn't need to live that life, that I would rather live the life where I didn't see the movie. That is actually, I'll be honest, I think that's the best possible answer. I think you, that, that question may have actually just been, that may be the end of its run because you provided really like a lovely, perfect answer. My answer's not, not nearly as good. It, it's, bas it's basically, in fact, you know, I'll just say like, I can't imagine living with, with seeing the movie. It's just, I think, not as sophisticated as your answer, right? It's just there's, I think maybe for the first time in our entire podcast series, it's a movie about which there's literally not a single thing that makes me think like, oh, maybe I, would there be a thing I enjoyed? But I like nothing, zero things. So that's why I can live. Let's leap ahead to the next question. What would you be dreading the most while watching this movie? Well, at risk of once again, being called a misogynist, I feel like Kristen Stewart's way of acting is, she, she does this sort of like, cute cuff pulling acting, which is, she's always sort of like looking down and kind of like pulling on her cuffs, you know? And I don't know if, I don't know if Diana could pull on her cuffs because I just don't know if Diana was like a cuff puller, but it's just like, I know what Kristen Stewart does when she acts and it's this sort of like downward looks and kind of like semi smirking. And I just, I just really can't stand it. And so I would be, dreading that. Actually, I don't myself dislike Kristen Stewart. I just can't, I feel like there was some reason I was once supposed to think that she was not your run of the mill famous person who appears in movies. And like, I remember why I'm supposed to like Jennifer Lawrence she, when, when she was very young, she was in Winter's Bone and she put in a great performance and like a lot of stuff since then is sort of, you know, you know, shoved that far to the back. But I remember why I like Jennifer Lawrence and, 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 you know, why that was plausible. I just can't remember with Kristen Stewart is, is my concern. The thing I would most be dreading in watching this movie is, you know, there would be the dynamic where it's set up to generate sympathy for the Diana character by generating hostility for one of the other aristocrats. And 
you know, I'm always down to hate an aristocrat. Sure, why not? But the idea that, like, it's a setup to be reminded to hate one of them so that you can like another one, as if, like, there's some drama where, like, person X is such an asshole that you end up liking Elon Musk. It literally is not going to happen, and that would be an annoying manipulation, uh, and I would be dreading that watching the movie. I want to jump ahead to our third and final of our preset questions, which is, what would have to happen for you to see this movie? And we know you've already come close. Uh, um, and so I, I suspect the answer could be just, you know, uh, I take the advice of my wise guides, including my, my, my reply guides. And that's a legit answer. But do you want to add to that? Well, I'm glad you mentioned my reply guy because my reply guy is a fan of this podcast because he is a dutiful and amazing reply guy and he, he's he's a listener. So I my I know my reply guy will be listening to this and I, I'm expecting a stream of texts because during COVID we moved into a different level together. And I might they they're going it's going to be difficult for me to resist his persuasion, partly not mostly because it will make me really want to see the movie, but because I'm kind of a people pleaser and I'm going to want to even, even my reply guy, <laughs> I will, I will somehow want to make, li to make like me. And I'll be like, Oh, I should really see Spencer to um, make my reply guy happy, which tells you about all you need to know about me. So I should probably sign off now forever. <laughs> when I was nine or 10, this is an answer to this question. Uh, American Graffiti came out. And I, as you could predict, knowing everything about me, at nine or ten, loved American Graffiti. And I saw it a couple, a couple times, but I wanted to see it again. The town I lived in had one little movie theater, but you could walk there from my house. And it was, you know, an old-fashioned movie theater. I guess all, all movie theaters are old-fashioned now in some sense. It was, but it was like, it was not a plaque, right? It was just a movie theater. It had one of those marquees that, like, stuck way out. Uh, you know, it came out in sort of a half a hexagon sticking outward over the sidewalk. I mention this because the consequence of that was if you were a little kid who was just like walking along the sidewalk to the theater, you actually couldn't see the marquee. Anyway, I got some money from my mom, uh, I, I think who was happy to throw money at like sending me to the movies as opposed to all the other far worse things I could be doing. And I walked down the hill to the movie theater and I paid for my ticket and I walked in and I sat down feeling slightly, you know, excited and anxious that I was at a movie by myself at the age of nine or 10. And it started and, you know, a minute or two passed. And, and I was like, what the fuck? It was definitely not American Graffiti. And sure enough, the movie had changed over since last time I checked, since the day before. I didn't know how things worked. I was a kid. And they just weren't showing American Graffiti anymore. But, you know, I'd paid my money, so I stayed. And that would be the only way that I could see this movie is like accidentally if I walked into a theater where it was showing and was like so high that I, which is recreating like being a, being a child, was so high that I didn't figure out in time and just like ended up, ended up staying there. I will, however, note that that movie that I saw turned out to be quite a good movie. It was called Serpico. It was about an undercover cop who like, you know, narked on other cops. And I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I don't think I would enjoy this one. Okay, the time has come to move on to our two freestyle questions. I'm going to invite you to ask the first question. I want to know if you remember when Diana died. 
Like, do you remember being told that Diana died? I certainly knew about it. I don't remember how I came to know. My main memory of it is feeling somewhat disappointed that Elton John had re-recorded Candle in the Wind, which is, of course, a beautiful and deeply queer song about loving Marilyn Monroe. And I was a little sad that he'd re-recorded it for, uh, for Diana. Uh, but that's all I remember really from the whole to, to do. Thank you. Thank you for asking and uh, for letting me demonstrate how out of touch with major world events I am, which is generally true. Here's my question for you. So Pablo Lorraine, who's the director, has made several biopics. You've already alluded to, to a couple. He also made one about the poet Neruda, uh, about whom I know you, you've had some thoughts recently, as your readers will, will know. What do you see as the possible relationship between, as, as sort of characters or, or biographies or whatever, between Neruda and Diana Spencer? Well, I don't know that much about Neruda. I know three things about him, which is that he was a poet. I know four things about him. He was a poet. He's an extremely quoted poet, and he was a communist, and he also raped his housekeeper when he was a an ambassador in Sri, in Sri Lanka. And... I would say that the thing about him that that people, the only thing people know about him, I don't think most people know he's a communist. Like some people might know, but I don't think like most, I don't think most people know that. I think most people know him as someone who they can sort of quote about wistful feelings about love that are kind of bland. And I'm willing to imagine that he, I've read that he was a bad poet. I, I've never, I didn't, I haven't read his poetry enough to judge. And then I think definitely like most people don't know that he was a rapist. So I would say that he is someone who, whose myth just really clouds over anything that's real about him, which is like Diana was, and I don't know what Diana was like as a, you know, I, she may have been perfectly nice, but whatever, you know, if she raised like some sort of amount of money for AIDS or like deign to like touch the hand of someone who had AIDS, like it, it doesn't really have any bearing on what the royal family is. And like Neruda, um, like I don't think anyone will ever remember anything other than, you know, whatever his quotes are, like love is, it is harder to have loved than not to have loved, but we love anyway. You know, just, I don't know what, I'm not quite sure what all of his remembered sayings are. That was totally persuasive, though. I like it. And and, uh, and I appreciate, moreover, your educating our audience on uh, Neruda. If they do, are interested in a, a Latin American, South American poet who was a communist and not, as far as I know, a, a rapist, I really want to recommend Cesar Vallejo. Great poet, worth reading. And um, uh, I, th I think, you know, you know pr probably a, a considerably better better person. I'm ready for my final question. My final question, speaking of reality versus myth, as a dog lover, does the corgi, does the breed corgi, does their association with the royal family ruin them for you? Uh, I like this question, although I know it's, um, it's tender territory since we both have friends, sometimes mutual friends, who truly love corgis, have corgis and so on. But... You know, I was put here on earth to say my piece and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to speak my piece, which is I think corgis are fine in the scheme of things. I am not as much of a dog person as you do. I've come to really like dogs qu quite a bit. 
I like all kinds of dogs. I think corgis are fine, but there's a little bit of that, right? Why of all the dogs in the world do we have to get over and over again the corgi as the figure of you know, all the things that the, cor- the, the corgi is meant to symbolize about d- dogs and their relation to society and all that stuff, the incredible burden of the corgi seems to me kind of like the burden of Diana Spencer to like be exceptional when I, I'm not sure I get the exceptionality. Corgis are nice dogs. They seem fine to me. So I don't think that they're ruined for me by their association with the royal family, but it, it certainly doesn't support their, the, the claims to exceptionality made around corgis that I already am baffled by. I get what you're saying, but I still do think corgis are exceptional. And I'm not just saying that because, well, I like corgis more than I like movies about British aristocracy, but I feel about corgis maybe the way I feel about that, which is like, you're right, but I I just can't help how I feel. I would give up watching films, as I have demonstrated this week, I would give up watching films and or television about British aristocracy before I would give up um, every time I see a corgi on the street freaking out being saying like corgi many times saying bud um running over trying to pet the corgi trying to get pictures of the corgi sometimes i do anyway that's that's just all i have that's all i, I, have. I, I get it if there, believe me if there was a, a corgi here right now my cat would be hiding under the bed but if there was a corgi here right now i would hug that corgi i'm telling you right now i would give that corgi a hug because corgis are excellent and if there was a beagle here i would give that beagle a hug I, i'm just a dog hugger i'm here to hug dogs Uh, But let me now conclude with my final question for you. Would this movie be better if it was called Spencer for Hireness? Yes. And you know what else would make it better is if Kristen Stewart was wearing like what Robert Urich wore in Spencer for Hire, which is like like a brown leather jacket. And like if she was wearing a Robert Urich wig and she played him with all the other, you know, players, the queen, the Prince Charles, the princes, everything, the corgis. It's like Kristen Stewart in Robert Urich in a Robert Urich outfit. That would be an amazing movie. I agree. I would, and I would see that. I would see that movie. We wouldn't be able to have a podcast about it because we would both have seen it. Exactly. I think that's a good place to stop. Didn't see it, don't need to. Didn't see it. Didn't see it. Well, thank you so much to our, our listeners. We will be back soon with another movie. We, 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 are, we are happy to take suggestions. And this has been uh, Don't See It, Don't Need To. Our editor is Erica Heilman. Our musical person is Chuck Lindo. Graphics are Rebecca Ackerman. And my co-host, as always, Joshua Clover. He has a book out. It's called Roadrunner. Uh, you can order it or get it at a bookstore or order it from a bookstore. My copy is waiting for me when I get back to the West Coast, along with my dog, which I once thought was part corgi. It's not. And uh, that, that's it. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. Didn't see it, don't need to. Didn't, didn't, didn't.